Welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I'm happy to be here with Jeff Badu, a parallel entrepreneur and wealth multiplier, founder and CEO of Badu Tax Services LLC and Badu Investments LLC, and co-founder and COO of Badu Life and Health Solutions, as well as president and CEO of Badu Foundation. Welcome, Jeff. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Dylan. Awesome. So to get us started, can you tell us a little bit of, of your history and how you ended up in the position you are with multiple companies um, and also background of each of your businesses, if, if you can? Yeah, for sure. So I'll, I'll keep it you know, pretty brief. So originally I was born and raised in Ghana and I came to the U.S. when I was eight years old. And fast forward, I attended the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, and that's where I got my bachelor's degree in accounting, as well as my master's degree in accounting. And while I was studying there, I was interning at PricewaterhouseCoopers, or PwC, one of the big four public accounting firms in the world today. I was interning there for a few years, and then eventually became full-time after I graduated from college. Um, but while I was also in college, I was working on my business plan which later became known as Badu Tax Services, LLC. And I decided to launch that business in September of 2016 after leaving PwC full-time. And fast forward to September 8th, 2023, or let's just say fast forward to today, um, we now own a CPA firm, a tax firm called Badu Tax Services, LLC, that does tax preparation, tax planning, and tax representation for individuals and businesses across all 50 states in the U.S. And we also have clients that are based in over 25 countries at the moment. Um, we currently have a team of about 30 people across seven different countries. And so we are a global um, enterprise, global uh, company, and we're 100% virtual. We focus primarily on tax planning, so helping clients reduce their overall income tax liability. And we have over 3,000 clients in our database um, currently. Then we also have Badu Investments LLC, and that's our real estate investment company that is more like passive income, right? We invest in rental properties, mainly on the south side of Chicago and also in parts of Indiana. And I mean, basically, we, you know, we rent our properties to tenants in exchange for cash flow, and we help stabilize the communities. We have Badu Life and Health Solutions LLC, which is our life and health insurance agency, which is owned by my wife and myself. And yeah, we provide life, life and health um, products and solutions to individuals, families, and small businesses. And lastly, we have the Badu Foundation that teaches financial literacy to the communities, um, primarily those ages 6 through 18. And we teach them on budgeting, saving, investing, and scholarships. My purpose in life is to inspire and support the super hungry to take hold of infinite resources in order to create an abundant lifestyle. I think that's amazing. You've got you've got each aspect. You've got a passive income, a non-passive income, a outreach program. Um, I think that's that's incredible. I've got one question though. How do you spread yourself? How do you like how do you plan your time around these and what's your involvement in each of them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I always get asked that question. And I would say life is about prioritization and making sure your priorities are in order. I 
And so first and foremost, I know my purpose in life, which is to inspire and support the super hungry to take hold of infinite resources in order to create an abundant lifestyle. Everything I do each day has to be tied to that purpose, right? So the way I break out my day is I use the 888 rule, eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep, eight hours of personal, right? Just fun, personal, leisure, um, just anything that has to do with life. So I use the 888 and notice how there's 16 hours on a life side because there's sleep for eight hours and then there's eight hours for just, you know, personal activities. And then there's eight hours of work. So how I break down that eight hours of work, so 80% of my time and energy is spent on my tax firm, right? The bread and butter, TPA firm. And then 20% is spent on the other businesses. We're able to delegate. Um, we have a team of about 100 people across the entire enterprise. The company's called Badu Enterprises LLC. And each person does something specific. For example, we have our chief operating officer, of the tax firm. He handles the day-to-day -day tax returns and you know, client management, things of that nature. And then my wife is the CEO of our life insurance company. All right, so we have different people that are in place for things. And so my role mainly is more administrative, more coaching, mentoring, and really building, creating leaders within the organization. And how I truly break my day is with six commits, six most important things I need to get done each day. And they total up to eight hours of work time total for the day. And I work, you know, five days a week, eight hours a day. And the rest is personal time, basically. Amazing. And, and how strict are you? If you have a task and you're hitting your eight hour mark, do you put it off until tomorrow or do you finish that task? So in the past, I would try to push to finish it. Um, it does depend on the deadline. It depends on how urgent, 100%. right? How how soon it needs to get completed. So if it's urgent, something I need to complete that day, yeah, I'll push to get it done. I'll push other things off. So in my six, what we call our six commits, that would probably be the top thing that I do for the day. So I'll make sure I allocate the proper amount of hours for that. And sometimes I'll I'll overestimate the hours just in case I run over a little bit. And then I always put breaks in between the day to make sure that I, I recharge my energy, have the right energy going into the next thing. And so if it's urgent, needs to get done that day, I get it done. And then if it can be pushed off to the next day, I'll just bring it back to the top of the list for the next day. Amazing. That level of discipline is so admirable. Uh, I struggle with time management that. myself. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that into consideration and try to work that out on my end. <laughs> so thank you for that. Yeah. No, no problem. No problem. Um, and I think it's all about, you know, it's number one, it's all about having the purpose and it's all about ensuring that you're not really going over, like you're not crossing boundaries or you're not allowing other people to cross your boundaries. Right. So you got to set very, very strong boundaries. In the past for me, it was all about the money, right? Let me make money. Let me make money. Let me work, work, work. I used to work 80 hours a week. And now I'm actually down to 40 hours. And to be honest, if you average it out throughout the entire year, 365 days, it sums up to 27 hours a week. If you improve vacations and things of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, it's all about being disciplined, having boundaries, and then most importantly, having a purpose behind everything you do. 100%. And I also think it's, it's not about the quantity of work you do. It's about the quality of work you do. So... You could potentially get 80 hours of normal work done in 40 hours mm -hmm. if you know how to do it properly.
Absolutely. And I love the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, by the way. I, I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list. There you go. <laughs> um, so let's talk about your main, your bread and butter business, Badu Tax Services. Um, what, what was the reason you decided to leave PwC and start this business? Yeah, so basically, I, so I was born and raised in Ghana, which is very entrepreneurial, a lot of entrepreneurs in Ghana. And my parents, my family, basically, are filled with entrepreneurs. So being born, I was born into entrepreneurship. Right? It was literally in my blood um, to become an entrepreneur. And when I was coming to America, so I came here when I was eight years old, I, yeah, I mean, I went through the school system, friends and trials, tribulations and all of that. And then when I got into high school, I started finding a, a passion and interest in accounting. I started watching YouTube videos, mentors, I'm looking up, right, doing taxes and everything like that. And I was like, man, this is something I can see myself doing for a very long time. And I even challenged myself, let me do this for free for other people for a while. Right, let's say about a year or so. Let me just reach out to 10 people to do their taxes for free. And I did that. And all of a sudden, I was like, man, this is something I actually enjoy doing. I can wake up and actually love doing what I do. And so from there, I went and built the business plan. So I spent one hour a day minimum in college working on my business plan. Five years, every single day, an hour, working on a business plan, right? And that, all of a sudden, at PwC, things were going pretty good, but not great. Um, I was fed up with the system. I was fed up. I felt like I was limited in the things that I can do with my true potential. And so I wanted to unleash that potential. And then one day, it was literally Labor Day, around this time, I'm six, seven years ago, right? Labor Day in 2016, something came to me. I said, you know what, it's, I, I gotta do it. I gotta make the jump. Um, in order to get your CPA license at the time, you had to have worked a year at um, a public accounting firm or any accounting firm basically, right? And so it was coming up for the year, right? It was literally like two days into the year. And so I, I met the year, I was like, why not start the CPA firm? I don't have any kids, I don't have a wife. I didn't have a wife at the time. I did have a mortgage, but I was like, why not, right? And I think one, one question everybody should be asking themselves when they're thinking about doing something, why not, right? A lot of folks think about what if, and I'm like, why not? Why not do it? Worst case, I fail, go back to what I was doing. Best case, I succeed and help a lot of people in the process. 100%, and I've got a saying is that, I won't say word for word because it's not appropriate, <laughs> but, um, the thing that sets entrepreneurs apart from regular people, because everyone has ideas, and the thing that sets them apart is they act on their ideas and they've got big, you know, <laughs> they, they take big risks, you know? And that, that's, yeah. that's the thing. They're willing to lose it all or, in your case, gain it all. And I think that's super admirable. Um, so, so could you run me through the the process of starting your business? Like, did you fund it yourself? Um, how long did it take to get up and running from the time that you obviously left PwC? Yeah, so, I mean, basically, so, you know, I was, when I was in college from 2010 to 2015, I was working on a business plan, doing research, and right, just getting things together, making sure I have a solid game plan. And then when I made the jump, 
<clears throat> excuse me, this was in September of 2016. And so basically what I had to decide was, okay, do I work on my business plan full time now, like 40 hours a week? Or do I go and make money elsewhere? Right. So what I did was I split it. I did 20 hours a week doing Uber and Lyft. So I was driving for Uber and Lyft, making money on the side, about maybe 2000 or so a month, enough to pay my mortgage, enough to cover expenses. I had about $10,000 saved in a bank. I literally had 10000 to my name at the time. Um, you know, so what I did was I took 5000 of that money and paid for everything that I needed to start the firm, including my office desk, which you see here, right? my home office desk, my laptop, licenses, the marketing expenses, and was able to attend networking events as well. So just going out to networking events, meeting people, shaking people's hand, and then taking that on to the next level, doing presentations, workshops. My cousin ended up starting a radio station, right? And so I got a chance to speak on his platform. And then once January hits, all of a sudden clients start coming in. And so what I did was I left the Uber thing and did my business full time. And I started renting out my car, right? Build a passive income to other people that wanted to do Uber and Lyft. So basically what happened was, this was around like January or so, somebody had, like I had listed my car on a platform. And somebody, like two days later, somebody said they wanted to rent the car. And they'll pay me a thousand bucks to rent the car. I'm like, holy cow, you're going to pay me a thousand bucks to rent my car for 30 days that I don't have any payments on whatsoever, except for maybe insurance. Right? You're going to rent the car, take it off my hands and, and pay me money. I wasn't going to use the car. So now all of a sudden I'm making a thousand month passive income. And I said, well, why don't I buy 10 more cars? And that's exactly what I did. Fast forward, I ended up with 27 cars in total in a car rental fleet. We eventually, you know, we let go of that business due to COVID-19. But basically, long story short, was what I learned as an entrepreneur is, yeah, build your active income, but don't forget about the passive income just in case you get tired, you know, you go on vacation one day, you have something to sustain you and keep you afloat and keep you abundant as well. I love that, how you've... <laughs> Build businesses to support and start other businesses. It's the entrepreneur's dream. Amen <laughs> um, to that. So after starting your, your tax business, do you recall a moment or time where you realized like, wow, I'm I'm actually doing really well. I'm, my business is successful. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I actually spoke at a um at a school, at a high school yesterday. And the same question was literally asked. And basically the way that I answered it was that at some point in the business, I did want to give up um, because I was burnt out. This was in 2018. I was working 80 hours a week. Um, I was up till like 2 a.m. every night during tax season. And I was like, wait a second. I just left a job where I was working 80 hours a week, 60, 80, 80 hours a week that I hated. Why in the world am I starting a business where I'm working 60, 80 hours a week? Something's got to give. And so I eventually met a business coach who taught me about time management, delegation, and really living a purposeful life. And so I started delegating to other people. So the point where I realized the business was successful was when money was still coming in and I was working less and less hours. Right? On average, I work 27 hours a week now. If you average out the whole year, 27 hours a week. 
and my money keeps increasing every year. The time that I spent working gets less and less every year, but my revenue, my profit increases every year. That's the point where I realized that the business became successful. I love that. That's an absolute dream. And I'm, I'm so glad that you, you're at that point. It's, it's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and over the years, um, how, how have you adapted to changes in the industry? And especially like over the last year with this whole AI revolution, uh, because accounting is a lot of uh, data analysis. So are you using any specific tools or anything like that to help you in your, in your business? Yeah, it's a great question. So the reason why I was spending an hour a day while I was in college doing research in my industry was to prepare for the change. So I prepared well in advance. I already knew the accounting industry was going virtual before COVID-19 even hit. Our firm started off as 80% virtual, 20% in person. And then after COVID, transition, 100% virtual. So we prepared for the change. We knew the change was coming. We just needed that, you know, unfortunately, we needed that catastrophic event to really remind us of why we needed that change. Um, but I prepared for it. And then we have the technology in place, right? We're, we're having a Zoom meeting um, every day, right? We meet with clients via Zoom. We meet with clients via phone. We don't do any in-person meetings whatsoever. And we use a lot of technology, right? For example, we use TaxDome for our CRM system, um, client data um, secure management of documents. We use Trello for some project management tools, um, Zoom for um, virtual meetings. And yeah, we use Gmail for our emails. Right. So overall, there's a lot of technology, a lot of tools, QuickBooks for bookkeeping and, you know, financial management and technology is everything. It's everything. We also create different templates and email, um, you know, responses using like ChatGBT, for example. So we're very well tapped into the, the technology and we knew that it was coming. And I chose this industry because I knew it would hit us the hardest, if anything, because there's a lot of folks that are stuck in their old ways. They refuse to go digital. And when COVID-19 hit, they were wiped out completely. Wiped out completely. 100%. And that's the nice thing I'm, I'm getting while speaking to all these entrepreneurs is that although COVID was a terrible time and it, it there's no arguing that it was, it was an awful thing to happen to humanity, the things that came out of it in terms of a shift in mindset, um, especially in business, is, is a nice silver lining to have. Like you, you mentioned the virtual remote working, like I work remote hundred percent. I'm in South Africa, my company's in the States. Um, and besides that, it saves so much time because you don't have to go in between meetings. You don't have to travel. You don't have to, it's all just virtual. And that, that's what I found. It's, it's such a great thing that's happened um, over the last couple of years. And I, I, I'm a very big advocate for <laughs> virtual work and all these tools that have come out. Absolutely. 100%. Um, so can you speak of any metrics or KPIs that you use specifically? Um, and it doesn't have to be for the tax business. Uh, what, what KPIs or metrics do you use to measure the success of your businesses? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. It's, it's ironic. It was the follow-up question to the previous question you had when I spoke to the high school yesterday. <laughs> um, but basically, the key metrics that, um, that we use are, number one is profit margin. Profit margin, very important. 
Um, personally, I prefer a 50% profit margin, right? For every dollar that comes in, there should be a take home of 50%. And not to get greedy or anything, but that's sizable enough to say, hey, I want to stay in the business. I want to run the business, operate the business. And it makes sense for me to maintain in the business. So we try to keep, uh, uh, you know, a decent profit margin. We're not quite there right now. But thanks to technology, thanks to efficiencies, I believe we'll get there within the next 24 months. So profit margin is number one, and then return on client. So, or let me let me put it this way, revenue per client. Revenue per client is huge because basically we want to work with bigger clients. And when we can track a metric like revenue per client, well, usually the more the client is paying you, the bigger that client is typically. So we do want to work with those, not like huge clients, but like clients that value our service, truly benefit from the service. And as our revenue per client keeps increasing every year, that lets us know that we're moving in the right direction. Okay, 100%. Um, and what do you see, where do you see the industry heading in the next couple of years? And how do you plan to stay on top of any changes that you foresee? Yeah, I mean, I would say one thing I see is um, OCR technology, which um, let me let me actually look up exactly what OCR even stands for, um, <laughs> which basically it's it's a scanning, right? It's a scan the software that allows us to so optical um, character recognition and the ability to to have a W two form, for example, a tax document that you can scan. You can literally put through a scanner, maybe take a picture, and it will migrate that data into our tax software automatically, which that technology is already there right now, but I think it's going to get a lot better to the point where you can, a client can hand you 10 things, 10 PDFs, you dump it on the software, you come back five minutes later, the entire tax return is done for you, right? That's and, wild. And then, exactly, but what's key, what, what will not replace technology, what would not what basic technology can't do is the analysis piece behind those that information. Technology, I feel, can do a lot of the data entry and feeding and you know a lot of the, the technical type of work, but the strategic work, the hey, this client is you know 1099 versus W2, what kind of strategies can I come up with? And how do I implement those strategies to the point where they can get approved for a mortgage, for example? And I think that the critical thinking is still going to be necessary in our industry, but technology will dominate the industry. I would say at least 50% will be technology-based, and then the other 50% will be required us actually thinking and applying strategies to plan. 100%. I think the technology, it's, it's a tool. And what do tools do? They make us work faster. And that, that's exactly what it is. It, it, I don't think, or any, at least any time soon, that technology is going to be able to replace um, humans. It's just going to make us do what we do a lot more efficiently. Exactly. And I, I think if you're not adapting to the times and using the new tools that are coming, you you will fall behind. Uh, but you just got to understand that they're not replacing you. <laughs> they're just helping you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, Jeff, we are running a bit over schedule here. <laughs> uh, but before we go... What advice would you give to other business owners looking to succeed in accounting or real estate or anything else that you do? Yeah, I would say love what you do, do what you love, um, and be good at it too. 
love what you do, do what you love and be good at it. Find something you're passionate about. When you wake up, you should feel a sense of joy and hey, I'm about to go help people for the day, right? It should be something that you enjoy, something that makes you feel proud um, of yourself, right? So if you're doing something that you don't really love doing, long-term, maybe short-term, maybe you get a job for a month, right? You know, that's cool. But I'm talking about long-term. Can you really look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, I love what it is that I'm doing. I'm about to go into today, help these 10 people, and I will feel great about doing it. And I've done something that was greater than who I am, basically. So have a passion, um, have a purpose, and don't do it all by yourself. Right? The greatest of all time did not do it by themselves. They had coaches, mentors, a team. So delegate where you can. It's very, very important. And I would say those would be like the two biggest pieces of advice that I would give to anybody. I agree 100%. I love that. Thank you so much for that. And no thank you, Jeff, for being on the show. It's been a great conversation. Um, what is the best way for people to get in touch with or follow Jeff Badu? If you have anything, yeah. any advice for them or any offers you have for them to take advantage of? Yeah, so I would say um, check out best resources I can offer is my personal website, which is jeffbadu.com jeffbadu.com j-e-f-f-b-a-d-u.com it has a ton of things that can benefit you on there 90 percent of which is 100 percent free right just my way of giving back to the world giving back to the community and then if you do happen to want to do business with us right you can contact um the office line 773-819-5675 that's 773-819-5675 we're always here to help and yeah, I'm always willing to be a resource as best as I can to everyone. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. And thanks again for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you, Bill.